Ladies and gents, welcome to episode number seven of your buddy John show. Hi, John Mueller here. Well, we're midway through June and uh, looks like some brighter skies are ahead, hopefully. Hey, we're going to talk Richie Valens today. Um, who better to do that than Connie Valens, one of his sisters? Uh, we met her and Irma, his other sister, uh, quite a quite a few years ago during one of our winter dance party shows. And um, it's been a pleasure ever since. Uh, the whole family's been great at keeping the legacy alive. You've got Mario Ramirez with his Backyard Blues Band. He's Richie's brother. And you've also got Ernie Valens, Richie's cousin. Great people that uh, I've all met and worked with. And um, we're going to talk exclusively with Connie today to see what's going on with Richie's legacy and uh, how it's being kept alive and um, what it was like growing up with him when she was a little girl. So, without any further ado, please welcome rock and roll royalty, Connie Valens. Hey, Connie, so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Looking forward to it. Well, thanks, John. It's always a pleasure to chat with you and kind of, you know, reconnect. And it's been a while for us. Yeah, we haven't uh, seen each other in a few years, and I, I, I miss seeing you guys. Um, you know, and I, I was thinking about this last night that... You know, I've never really sat down with you and had a heart-to-heart talk about Richie and stuff. And uh, this is this is really great for me because um, uh, Richie has meant a lot in my life as well. I mean, I was, I remember I was a young man about, I would say in my, I was like 25 or so. And I found this, I'm going to date myself here, but I found a cassette. And it was uh, from Rhino Records and it was called The, um, the Best of uh, Richie Valens. And that cassette, Connie, just really blew me away. I didn't realize, I just thought Richie of, as being, you know, La Bamba and Come On, Let's mm-hmm. Go and Donna. But I listened right. to these other songs on the cassette and his voice and his guitar playing and his, just the, the feel of these songs, some of which I'd never, ever heard before, blew me away, literally. I'm not saying that just to uh, blow smoke at you. It really blew me away. I really, really was impressed and uh, was a, became a lifelong fan from that point on. Yeah, you know, um, sometimes I'll listen to a CD myself and the tenderness yes. in some of the songs. I mean, it's like he's right here. Yes. And then you got the rockers, you know, and that just picks you up. And and then um, you got the, the instrumentals. I mean, Richie, a lot of people never heard some of Richie's instrumentals. And they're crazy, like Malaguena and, yeah. you know, Richie's blues and and a, and a lot of songs. I mean, Richie wasn't, uh, you know, a three-hit wonder. No. I mean, his catalog wasn't huge. He was only 17. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was powerful. Very it powerful. Showed, it showed... His talent in so many, and uh, and all the sides of that, the gentleness, the yes. rocking, the, 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 you know, the bamba, you know, um, mama always loved, as you know, we belong together. That was kind of our family anthem. And yeah. at mama's service, um, that's what we kind of closed it off with. Wow. You know? Yeah, so lots of wonderful memories behind the music, that's for sure. Well, it's uh, it's a lasting legacy. I mean, um, it's influenced countless people. I, uh, I was, spoke to Chris Montez, uh, I think that was my episode number two, and um, he said a really cool thing about Richie, which was, 
you can hear that in his music, the sincerity and what a nice person he was. Um, I guess Chris saw him in Southern California and yes. he was standing at the back of the auditorium that it was at. He was he was living in Hawthorne. I had that same conversation. You go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and he's, he's like, he was so happy to be there because, uh, you know, Richie was just, he was so impressed by him. But then he he's, finds himself standing right next to Richie. <laughs> and... Uh, and Richie was just like a normal guy next to him. He, he started talking to him, and and Chris said that from that day on, he says, "Well, if I make it in the show business, I'm going to I'm going to behave like Richie did, where he was really nice to people." And I just was mm-hmm. really thought that was a really neat story. Yeah, it really is. He, yeah, he told me pretty much verbatim the same thing. He goes, "You know, I got there a little late, so I was kind of standing in the back of the room, but." He goes, man, I was just going to be happy just to hear him sing, even if it was just two songs. Yeah. And he said he, 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 he felt somebody standing there, and he looked over. He said he was shocked. He couldn't even talk for the first few minutes. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He goes, he, he finally got out, I want to be a singer, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then he went on to tell me, because I said, well, yeah, I kind of looked you up, Chris, and I found some information that, you know, you didn't really get started until 62. He goes, yeah, when I went met Richie, he goes, I was a sophomore in high school because I would have been October, I think he said, of 58. Yeah. And he goes, and when I went to get my first guitar, uh, they were showing me all the guitars. And he goes, and I wanted the the, star, the Sunburst, I believe it is, Fender. He goes, just like Richie had. And I, he said he still had it. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, gonna... that, that's what he wanted. That was his first guitar. And um, he wanted one just like Richie had. That's neat. That's really neat. Chris has been out there, what, since 62? And for him to hold that memory so dear yeah, and, and share it so freely with still so much awe, yes. it just blows you away. It really does. It really touched me when he, when he said that story because, um, I don't know, it was something about, I kind of feel like all three of those guys that perished, uh, Buddy Holly, Richie, and Big Bopper, they all seem to have that kind of overall, you know, sincere gentleman type of quality, you know, and I think that's what attracted me to that whole legacy was just, I was like, you know, I, so much rock and roll later on in the sixties and seventies. And, you know, even now is, is about excess and, uh, you know, it became about about upping upping their game and trying to be better. You know, I'm Tommy Alsup. You knew Tommy. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great guy. He said, um, that's what he loved about Mario, that Mario was the real deal. Yes. He goes, and you're the real deal like your brother. He goes, you know, back then, we musicians would sit, all of us. And like it's depicted in La Bamba, you know, you'd have Eddie Cochran. (laughs) Yeah. You'd have uh, Chuck Berry. You'd have Richie Valens. You have all these guys, you know, they're all selling records all in one room, just waiting to go on to do two or three songs. <laughs> yeah. And they, they wouldn't just be sitting there, you know, polishing their shoes or looking at, at each other up and down. Checking their They'd social media. back there <laughs> yeah. teaching each other licks. Yeah, yeah. I you know, was... they'd be back there saying, well, how did that last set sound? Hey, well, you need to go up here or go down. They'd be back there coaching each other. You know, they didn't take voice lessons and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for, you know, music lessons and videos. They were back there doing it all on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And they had to, uh, and they had to record with, uh, 
you know, no pitch correction and all the stuff that the uh, artists have today at their at their hand. They they just kind of just got that raw feeling on tape. It was, was it so was good. raw, baby. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so Richie Richie was born in uh, born in Pacoima, California, on May thirteenth, nineteen. 19- no, he wasn't born in Pacoima. Oh, he, he was wasn't born at the. No, he was born at the um, General Hospital in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Yeah, he kind of grew up. I mean, you know, um, he grew up in a little bit in Long Beach and the San Fernando Valley, kind of everywhere. Yeah. But, um, you know, when he passed away, that's where he had bought the house for Mama in Pacoima. Ah, okay. And Mama was Concha Reyes, is that correct? Yeah, her name was Concepcion. I was named after her. And then um, her family, um, you know, how are you going to go around calling somebody... Hey, Concepcion. So she became Concha. Yeah, I love it. That's and, nice. Um, yeah, and I was Conchita. Oh, Conchita. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you see, there was and, an older brother, Bob Morales, who we uh, unfortunately yeah. lost a few years ago now already. It's been... Yeah, I know. It'll be three years this September. Wow. I miss him. He was... Uh, fun guy to talk to. And he was an icon. Yeah. La Bamba Bob. La Bamba yeah. Bob. La Bamba yeah. Bob. <laughs> and then, uh, your, of course, yeah, your and sister it's... Irma and um, Mario as well. Yeah. Your brother Mario. So what, yeah, um, I have noted here that you had a, a little bit of a challenging relationship with your mom. What, what was that all about? You know, when two people are so much alike. Yeah. It's um, hard to get along because you're just so much alike. And um, she was, I mean, I was unlike my diva sister. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, somebody goes, well, you must be the diva. I go, oh, no, no, that's Irma. Don't you call me the diva. She'll get mad. (laughs) Yeah, you know, but, um, you know, I was always more timid and more in the background. And and, um, Mama was very vocal and... um, I knew my place, you know, I had nothing but the most respect for mama and I didn't talk back, not like my sister. And, uh, I, I just did was pretty much what I was told. And I mean, Hey, you know, all of us are challenging as teenagers for, for oh, a bit, yeah. but, um, but as, as, as we grew older and I kind of grew into myself and, um, you know, it was, it was just challenging to, to, um, you know, just, but mom, I thought it would be better this way, but no, you got to do it this way. And sure. you know, when we're young like that, we don't always see I, the I, wisdom that they're trying to, yes, pass along to us because from life experience. Sure. So, um, I, you know, and, um, yeah, it was challenging and she pulled some stuff on me, <laughs> 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 but, um, you know, talking to Donna, um, she once told me that she goes, you know, of all your brothers and sisters, you know, she goes, you, you really are the most like Richie. Wow. She goes, Just your spirit. And right. I looked at her and I was like, really? Cause you know, she knew him Yeah. and nobody had ever told me that before. So it really touched me. And I don't know, it just made me feel, um, it just gave me that much more desire to, and passion to, to see Richie's legacy, sure, you know, continue and um, do whatever I had to do, like on the set of La Bamba. Yeah. I was a stand-in in Were the you middle really? of the night when there was nobody else there for Rosanna. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or even for Elizabeth Pena, <laughs> there's a scene, not trying to get too ahead of you, but there's a scene where 
Bob and Elizabeth are laying under the tree in the dark. Well, I got to lay there first. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, you know, 12, 31 o'clock at night, right? Right, right. I'm <laughs> laying in the bushes out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're a movie star now. You're a movie star. Oh, yeah. People that ask us, how was it to be in the film? I go, what, with a the dust of the fields on our faces for makeup? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So what, uh, what, were, what are some of your earliest memories of, um, I know you were a very young girl at the time, uh, Richie was uh, a teenager, but what, what, do you have any special memories of that, that uh, era? You know, um, Mama was just trying to keep a roof over our head. Sure. And Richie was in high school, and um, we had different people coming over during the week while he was in school to watch for you know watch over us while um, Mama was working. And on the weekends or during the summer, Richie would take care of us. Yeah, because he was home. And um, Mama usually used to have an early shift, so she was home by three, and then he could go practice and stuff. But you know, it can get hot in that San Fernando Valley. And <laughs> it sure does. In the movie, yeah, we didn't have any air conditioning. We didn't have a fan. Wow. You know, and um, so he'd take us out back, and just like we said, that was Irma and, and um, mine and Irma's story about sitting in the backyard under the big eucalyptus tree with Richie, because it was cool back there with little breeze, and Richie yeah. would, you know, have his guitar, and he'd sing songs to us, and um, like I said, Mama worked the early shift, so she'd leave, um, you know, cooked beans on the stove, and and make sure there was eggs there, and she'd make the, the the dough for the tortillas, and she'd make all the little the little balls for it. And um, Richie and Bob would stand me up on a chair because they didn't want to roll them out, so I'd roll them out, and they'd be all these crazy, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be all these crazy shapes, and they'd be holding them up like, oh, this one looks like a fish, and I actually remember that. And um, so I'd ha- Richie would take them off the the counter and and throw them on the grill, and Bob would cook them, you know. And um, like I said, um, my sister would bite me, and and I'd go screaming to Richie, and he'd look at me and say, did you do this to your sister? And she'd shake her head, and um, he'd say, bite yourself. So she'd say, no. He goes, no, I want to see you bite yourself. So she'd (laughs) bite herself. Then he'd compare the the imprints. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, and he goes, no, you bitter. You go get in that corner, you know. Yeah, she'd lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, a lot of people don't know this, but he wasn't only our brother. Um, he was also our father figure. Oh, yeah. He really was. Very, very much so. And, um, you know, growing up, you know, uh, my mom was a single parent. You know, and Richie was always good to us. I mean, he was always nice to us. Um, he took care of us, you know, not like Bob. He'd come over and rip out the monster magazines and chase us around the house, you know. <laughs> I could see him doing that. <laughs> yeah, he was terrible. And he goes, hey, leave the girls alone or get out of here, you know. <laughs> yeah. Where did, uh, where did Richie get that uh, classic, uh, I believe it was a Harmony brand guitar, the one that he painted green? Where did that come from? How did that come about? Mama said that they had found that in a pawn shop. Oh, wow. Yeah, they bought that in a pawn shop. And, um, you know, back in the day, they were issued in that uh, kind of goldy bronze color and black, I believe. Yeah. And and Richie didn't like it. Didn't like the color. So the sto- 
He didn't like, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have said that. Thank you. He didn't like the color. So he took it to shop. And then I've heard a couple of stories and he painted it red, I guess. And he brought it home and Bob didn't like it. So he goes, I'll take it back. And um, then he repainted it that, you know, that green that I guess was so popular back then in 57, 58. Yeah. And um, Pat Wartink, you know, Pat. Oh, yeah. He said when 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 he went to kind of clean it up and restore it a little bit, he did find both the colors on there. Wow. But what was more interesting than that was, I guess the guitar wasn't quite dry, and Richie needed it for a gig that night. <laughs> so he had to restrain it, yeah. And he found two thumbprints on there. He found a thumbprint. Oh, wow. Like up by the neck. Very cool. Yeah. Harmony reissued that guitar for a, a couple of years. They did. Yeah, that's yeah, really cool. Um, you remember, Charlie. Um, yeah. Actually, I'm, it was my first time to... Um, Nam, is that right? And um, wow, that was cool. It was in Anaheim. Yes, Mario and I were there, and he re- he relaunched all those that Rocket Harmony, yeah, had a Rocket, and he relaunched all of those. And um, I remember that day. I this was a total surprise to me. We were in the booth, and Pat shows up yeah. at Wartink, and uh, he has a case, and I'm like, what is he doing here? And then I noticed that he unpacked a picture of Richie holding the, the harmony, and I thought, oh, no. Now, you have to remember this. I hadn't seen that guitar since I was a child. Wow. He pulls that guitar out. I couldn't even talk. You're just emotional, yeah. Oh, I couldn't even talk. And they were going to do a photo shoot. They were going to take pictures, and they had um, all the cameras there. Talk about keeping your act together. <laughs> And um, they were saying, um, do you want to hold this? How am I supposed to say no? Right, right. And I, you know, I, you know, I just remember how hard it was for me just to, to even look at it. And, you know, when I've been around something that belongs to Richie that I know, even if I didn't know, there's a, always a sense I get. It's like this, for a better word, a vibe. Sure. And it was like the first time I walked into the surf. And it's, I, I can't even explain it. It's almost like this electricity. Yeah. I, and I tremble. And um, I had to really just, you know, keep it together. And as soon as the pictures were taken, holding the guitar, I went to the, the, the furthest corner of our booth and tears just streaming down my face holding his guitar. Wow. And, um, you know, I remember um, when Pat came up to the show. Remember when you were, when we did... Um, the winter dance party and Pat Wartin kind of came in late. Yes. To the the pre party there. At yeah. The, what was it? That that grill place we used to go to. <laughs> right, right. Good times, huh? Oh, Remember yeah. Jay and Ray and. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pat called me out and he said he had something to give me, and he opened up his wallet and he gave me one of Richie's guitar picks. Oh wow. And I had that same sensation. Sure. You know, and I have that guitar pick. It sits in my um, safe deposit box. But I knew it was Richie's. He goes, I want to give you this. He goes, uh, I got this uh, from Ernestine, I forget how many years ago. And, um, but I want you to have it. That's so nice. And, um, and uh, yeah, and it was the same thing. I knew it was Richie's. I, I just knew it. And there's nothing like, I mean, you know, imagine being eight years old. And never seeing any of his stuff again. 
Right. And over the years, you know, things come up for auction or Pat had was kind of the, the caretaker of the guitar and then that pops up. Wow. It's just a piece of time that is restored to you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's jump to how he uh, got noticed. Uh, was he playing in like high school functions? Uh, well, you know Gil Rocha. He, was, he started playing with the silhouettes. Yeah. And um, they used to play around town. And I guess uh, the story goes from what, I, from what Bob Keane said. Uh, he uh, he was doing some printing or something, and he had some stuff to take into the valley, one of his little delivery guys, and uh, he'd heard of Richie, and he came back and told Bob Keane about Richie, and that where he was going to be doing his next gig, and Bob Keane said he went to listen to Richie, and he couldn't believe it. Wow. You know, but yeah, you know, like it shows depicts in the Bamba. Mama did really put her rent out to rent that. American Legion Hall in, in San Fernando. That's Is that all right? true. And that's true. Wow. Yeah, that's all true. Wow. Yeah, you know now if there was a fight or not, um, Bobby never said there wasn't, so there probably was. Right. <laughs> yeah. But you know when that stuff's going on, I don't know. It's just not like me to ask. Did that really happen? You right. Know? Right. But sometimes they they use that for for some. Um, what did they say? Um, Dramatic they just effect. Kind of dramatize. Dramatic effect, thank you. Yeah, that's Hollywood. Yeah. That's Hollywood for you, for sure. That's Hollywood, that's well, for sure. Was the, the, the relationship with Bob Keen, um, that kind of soured? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? I mean, did he kind of well, uh, financially, like a lot of artists back then were kind of taken advantage of, shall we say, politely, I guess. Is that, is that yeah. am I hitting the right direction well, there? Well, absolutely. Um, you know, um, Mama never forgave herself. She never did. Uh, it was just really hard for her. Um, she, Richie was only 17, and he was, you know, going to New York. Right. He was in Hawaii. He was in Canada. So she, she had actually signed, um, you know, a, a legal document making uh, Bob Keene his guardian. Wow. Yes. And, um, and Bob was pretty good about always being there, you know, in, on these trips, keeping mm. an eye on Richie. But, um, when this came up, the, um, when her dance party came up, it, it all kind of happened very suddenly and there wasn't a lot of time. And I guess the story goes, Bob reached out to this man that was supposed to accompany Richie, but, um, after the first few shows, that guy was gone. Oh, wow. Which left Richie on his own. And Bob Keane didn't even find out about that right away. Mm. And then when he did, he said, he told him, I'm fine. All the guys are taking care of me. We take care of each other. Wow. Kind of thing. And it's been cold and, you know, kind of, you know, as the story goes, as they say. And, um, you know, he should have never been there alone. Yeah. 17 years old. Yeah. I mean, you know, what do you, I mean, what do you know at 17? Hey, nothing. <laughs> I, I know. I know what you think you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had. I had a magnet on my refrigerator. You can't scare me. I've raised teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, Mama just never really um 
And he felt that my mom had never forgiven him for that. Right. And then on top of that, he passes away. And then it's like, well, where's everything? I don't have anything. I, I spend all that money on him. And whatever I'm getting, I was just going to make up, barely make up for what I, all the money I invested in him. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. So did Bob have the, with that legal guardianship, did he also kind of access the rights to publishing rights to Richie's music too? I mean, how, how did that all? Well, that legal guardianship was only in the traveling situation. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, um, he told Bob one time when they met at a very public location that he owned Richie for perpetuity. And when he got sick, he was, you know, I, I, I believe he passed from cancer. Yeah. Uh, he had sold most of the rights to Warner. Mm. So he was, he was selling. Um, I have a friend who's a collector and uh, he had reached out to him and actually bought the Ampax or I forget what this uh, recorder that they used in La Bamba. Yeah. The Ampax tape machine. The sure. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, that was Richie's actual, that was, that belonged to Bob Keen. Wow. Before my friend, my friend bought it. That was actually what Richie would, was recording on. And um, so uh, my friend was able to buy that along um, with a lot of the um, reel-to-reels. Sure. And as he was listening to the reel-to-reels, they thought Chan's music, Chan Romero. Sure. The hippie, hippie shake. Yeah. He couldn't, he, Chan always asked him, where are my original recordings? Bob said he didn't know that they were lost. They found them on wow. some of, they found some of those original recordings on those reels. Wow. But they would record to maybe halfway stop and then record somebody else on the other part and never label it. <laughs> oh, God, what a mess. Thank you. And, um, and the only reason I know that is because my friend, um, Anthony told me that that's what he found. So he reached out to, um, Chan and I guess they were able to make it right. Wow. What a find uh, to find those tapes like that. And, um, can you believe that? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. That's the amazing. hippie hippie shake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great song. Is the song rights today or is that, has that been sp- ironed out? I mean, is that, uh, or is it still with Warner or how, uh, how does that, uh, pan out today? Sony administers the rights. Sony does now. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Sony does. And, um, you know, um, when they did La Bamba, they were looking for so many, so many different people are involved and Columbia ended up, you know, doing the film. Yeah. But then Columbia was bought out by Sony and um, so they they pretty much think they own Richie. Ah. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't. You guys do. <laughs> well, that's the way I'd like to think. Um, in fact, um, we wanted to do a show. Um, we had E. Morales, Efi Morales, come out yeah. for uh, La Bamba. Uh, you know, La Bamba celebrating you know twenty five years, and. Um, it was a great show. It was all very focused on the community and it was a fundraiser for schools there in our area. And I wanted to use a likeness kind of in a hologram image sure. with Lou in it. And, um, 
T-shirts were amazing. And I was only going to do, you know, I don't know, I think it was like uh, 10 or 12 dozen because you never sell that many, but I just thought it would be a nice thing to have. Yeah. You don't want to know the hoops that Sony made me jump through. Really? They were going to be charging me, I don't know, I think it was like $35,000 by the time of all the licenses. And I go, this is his family. Yeah. This is a program for Save This save the music in our local schools. Are you kidding me? But I was relentless. I was tenacious. I'm at the 11th hour. I had, um, we had two designs, the one we wanted with Lou. I got a call at seven o'clock in the morning and they said, print your t-shirt. We're sending a contract. We need you to sign it and return it. And I said, thank you. Wow. Yeah. And we printed our shirts. (laughs) Good for you. And, and, and three months later, I got the contract. Three months later. Three months later, I got the contract. And I signed it and sent it to him. By that time, it was all said and done. That's crazy. You think, but, you know, I, I, but, you know, I was able to reach somebody that had a heart and that cared. Yeah. That that's, this was Richie's. I, I'm his sister. Yeah. This is for our school. You know, somebody actually, you know, had a heart and they cared. So for that, I'll be forever thankful. Right. But it, look at look what, how long it took you to get to that person, right? Oh, I know. It did. It, it, it was like jumping through. Yeah. But I, I kept calling. Well, can I talk to somebody else? Well, can I talk to somebody else? Yeah. <laughs> We did some kind of, uh, was it the recreation center or his high school? We did something a few years ago. Um, I think it was on his birthday. It was me and uh, Ernie and, um, oh gosh, quite a few people. Right it was there. the sock cup we tried to do there for, for, to raise money for their music program. Too. Yeah. And you, you so graciously came out and Mario was there. Mario, that's right. The yeah. auditorium there. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but you know, unfortunately, I'm like I can. I kept telling them, you guys really got to, you know, create some a buzz about this because you can't give a birthday party and not send out invitations. Exactly. Yeah, they they were a little lax on the, uh, yeah, you know, getting the word out for and, sure. Um, but you know, you live and learn. Yeah. And um, we had even um, the alley cats. I mean, they're phenomenal. Yeah. They, they travel all over the world and. Um, I had um, gotten them to come in and do two assemblies. So, and and that theater held, I'm sure, at least a thousand students. And we did two assemblies with the Alley Cats, just trying to not only promote the music, but to inspire, yeah. inspire the students. You know, look at these guys started doing, they don't even have instruments. This is acapella. You guys can do something. Yeah. And, 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 and in part of their program was talking about, you know, education and music and, and continuing with that and not giving up and staying in school and all those good things. Yeah. And um, if we were to have 5% of the kids show up, it would have been okay. And in fact, the students were free when they paid for their parents and then all that money would just go back to the school. Yeah. And it was just very disappointing, you know, but the show goes on. Yeah. Everybody did a great job. Yeah, it does. It, um, sometimes it's hard to, uh, I don't for an event. It's really difficult on a, on like a one night event or something to get people to come out. Sometimes it's just, uh, there's so many distractions, especially a city like Los Angeles where there's just so much going on. It's just really, uh, Difficult. Well, this was San Fernando High School. 
Yeah. You thought that, you know, just because Richie went there, they would have been curious to want to come out and see Mario perform. Yeah. See you perform, you know. But like I said, we live and learn and you do what you can and you do your best when you're doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, Richie um, opened a lot of doors for uh, future rockers like Los Lobos. And uh, a lot of people don't know that they're... Uh, their only number one hit was La Bamba from the movie, right? Um, you think? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, how, uh, how, how influential was that? <laughs> and uh, Yeah, of... well, you know, I've, I've talked to Carlos Santana. Yeah. And, um, you know, he has always talked about Richie. Yeah. And when he got his, he got a Latin Grammy, I think it was for a Lifetime Achievement Award. And I'm sitting at home watching the Latin Grammys and Carlos on the stage talking about my brother with Richie's big old smiley face and a big old picture plastered behind him. No kidding. That's cool. Yeah. And guess who he brought on the stage with him that evening? Those lonely boys who were just starting up. Oh, wow. Yes. This was the um, Latin Grammys. That's cool. And guess what song they closed that show with? La Bamba? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos on La Bamba with those lonely boys. Really? Oh, Latin that's Grammys? awesome. I got to I gotta check that out on YouTube. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it was. And then Rita calls me because I had moved. She goes, girl, we couldn't find you. The, he, Carlos wanted the family there. And I said, Rita, you know, I called the people and they told me that they didn't think that there was going to be any tribute to Richie for that show. She goes, well, you should have called me. And I go, I should have, but I didn't think to. Right, right. So a missed opportunity. But, you know, Carlos did an awesome job. And, I mean, who can who can say it better, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's so cool. Yeah, one of his favorites, Carlos and I. We have this bond. It's pretty amazing. And um, when we see each other, it's just there. He goes, how have you been? And he gives me a big hug. And he's just... Wow, he's just, um, how do you even describe him? He's a very spiritual guy. There's just a, yeah, there's an aura about him. Yeah. I don't even use that word, but he's just so gentle and so sensitive and just so real. I mean, I, I just adore him. And um, he had talked to me about one of his favorite Richie songs. And it's um, In a Turkish Town. Oh, neat. I love that song, too. And I said, Carlos, can you imagine the guitar riffs on your guitar on that song? And he smiled and goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've already yeah. tried that, Connie, many times. <laughs> yeah, he, he smiles and goes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool. So, um, yeah. But, um, you know, Los Lobos, even Bruno Mars. Sure, yeah, absolutely. I could see that. Uh, yeah, um, his first CD... Um, I think he even has an acknowledgement to Richie on the cover. Cool. That's yeah, very so, cool. Yeah, um, so many artists, many artists, um, you know, people will never meet, people will never hear about. I mean, I remember when somebody told me that Richie was the first, one of the first surf guitarists. Oh, wow. I could see that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, um, you know, with um, Ooh My Head, and that was the surf guitar sound. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I had never known that. And then, of course, the rockabilly influence in his music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear that for sure. So, and then, and then you throw in La Bamba, and it's like a full catalog. Absolutely. Wasn't it uh, Led Zeppelin that um, 
kind of stole the ooh my head boogie beat. with stew yeah boogie with stew and they they, they got yeah. right rightfully sued for that and um they sure did yeah they sure <laughs> did yeah that was that was when you couldn't do it now they're called parodies oh geez and he wrote most of his songs a lot of people don't realize that he wrote most of his songs yeah which uh you know a lot of people don't know in the 50s a lot of artists were encouraged not to write their songs. The studios wanted to bring in their own set of what they called trusted songwriters that they would use and, and, and implore on the artists. But uh, like Buddy Holly and Richie, they kind of broke that trend by writing their own songs, which was really cool. Yeah, they were truly ahead of their time. They truly were. Were you at the uh, Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame induction? Was that 2001? 2001 in New York City. Yep. Were you there? I for was. That? In fact, um, oh yeah, uh, Rich, uh, what's his name? Ricky Martin was the presenter. Yeah. And um, Mario was like, "Well, why couldn't they get Los Lobos?" I go, "Because this is, you know, <laughs> Mario. This is like huge. This is who's current and now. Yeah. At the time, Ricky Martin was huge. Was huge. Yeah." Yeah, and so he was the presenter, and I thought he did fine, you know. Um, he did La Bamba a lot better than he did Come On, Let's Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he even admitted, he goes, oh, I'm sorry about that, folks, but yeah, this is more my, this is more my style, right? Right, right. And um, yeah, no, I actually, um, I gave um, the acceptance speech for that evening. Bob spoke, Mario spoke, all of us spoke, but I gave the acceptance speech on behalf of our family that night. Oh, it was nice. pretty powerful. I can imagine. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people say, you know, well, Richie was so young. And I said, yes. And we, his family, have lived, he has lived his life through us. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I won't let people forget, but I don't even have to do anything. I mean, just think the radio stations, the DJs that still play the music, and now it's on Spotify, and it was I, you know, iTunes and Apple Music. Yeah. And somebody called and said, do you know La Bamba's on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, yeah, they put it on last fall. We've been watching it. Yeah. That's great. You know, and it's just generation after generation. It's multiple generations. Absolutely. I mean, La Bamba was out in 87. Wow. Over 30 years ago. Isn't that amazing? It's, it seems like it was like 10 years ago or something, but uh, it was over 30 years ago. Wow. And on our comment page, on our on our website, I get comments almost every day about, I love Richie's music, I'm a big fan, sometimes they ask questions, or they just make a lot of comments, um, you know, um, I've never been the same, um, um, my, we lived on Donna Street, um, <laughs> 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 crazy stuff, you know, but people just... You know, they. Re I'm. I'm just thankful that they refused to let go of a, of a period of time, when music was pure. Yes. And you felt it when they played it. Absolutely. Like I said earlier, you that you felt that sincerity come through, and it just it's so. I don't know. It's so intimate, you know, Connie. It's just like it grabs you. 
it just really grabs you. How, how cool was it that they, here in Los Angeles, they designated a section of the highway called uh, Richie Valens Memorial Highway. What, how, how did that make you feel when you saw that? I was like, boy, what will they think of next? (laughs) (laughs) And then guess what? They went up that. I was supposed to be, the family was supposed to be in California in April for the renaming dedication of the post office in Pacoima, the Richie Valens Memorial Post Office. Wow. You didn't hear that? And you lived down the street almost? I did not even hear about that. No, that's that's really cool. And... And, you know, Richie does have a stamp. Yeah. Do you, can you ever imagine that uh, to get on a stamp is not an easy uh, easy thing, you know? No, actually, it was a series. And um, guess who the the MC that after, for that afternoon was? I don't know. Dick Clark. Oh, Dick Clark. wow. Yeah, I got to meet him. It was pretty special. Was Richie on the American Bandstand show? Yes. Yes, I thought he so. He knew Dick Clark. And wow. Dick Clark spoke... When he spoke about Richie, he actually um, got emotional. I bet. Just before the unveiling. And I'm standing next to his publicist who had been him, with him for over 30 years. And he goes, you know, Connie, um, I've been with, with a Dick a long time. He goes, and I can count the number of times he's gotten emotional on one hand. Your brother was very special to him. Wow. That's really Yeah. Neat. That's what his publicist said to me. Wow. And I actually had a, a nice little conversation with him. And I said, what do you remember about him? And he goes, you know, Connie, for me to stand here and try to pull a story out, you know, all these years later. He goes, but I will tell you this, that he never forgot who he was. He was very polite. He was kind of shy, kind of timid. Yeah. And he was, he was, he was a real deal. Absolutely. You know, and he was very respectful. And, but he liked to laugh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he liked to laugh, you know. And, um, yeah, he, he had had, um, held very fond memories of Richie and he even, um, said that he still had a gold record that of Richie's that was given to him in his office. Very cool. Of Richie's. I mean, can you imagine how many gold records he's been offered, but he had Richie's in his office. That's so cool. That's really cool. Did, uh, were you guys able to, uh, I know Richie did that. Was it one movie, uh, go Johnny go. Mm hmm. Were you guys actually, um, I mean, when was that movie released? No, it was one of those things that we knew about, but it wasn't released until after his death. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I was was wondering about that. Yeah, and um, we went to the drive-in theater to see it. Wow. Right there on on Laurel Canyon in Pacoima. You know where um, the Richie Valens Memorial Park is? Yes. Right there on Pax. Okay, that's where the drive-in was. It was all in there. And... um, and that's why I think it was, it used to be called Paxton Park, but they renamed it. And, and that's where we went to go see Go Johnny Go. Gosh, that had to have been hard for you to see that if it came out after he had passed, right? Well, it was very hard to see Mama react to it. Yeah. It was oh, really gosh. hard. We would all, um, you know, when we lost Richie, um, Mama was never, a, she was a very strong woman, but she always cried on February 3rd and on his birthday. Yeah. Those days we tiptoed around the house. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. She died around the same time the movie came out. Is that right? Oh, my goodness. You don't even want to know, John. Um, the movie was released, uh, I think it was like July 20th of 87. 
and she passed away on October 18th of that year, and it was on my birthday. Wow. Yeah, tell me about it. Was she able to actually see the movie then? I mean... Oh, yeah. Um, wow. Actually, Taylor had offered to bring the movie to her hospital room. She goes, nope. You're not going to do that, Taylor. I won't let you. She goes, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of this hospital, and I'm going to come and see my son's movie. Wow. And she did, and they did a special screening at NBC Studios on the lot there in one of their little screening rooms. Yeah. The first screening was, the first screening was just immediate family, me and my kids, you know, just us. Yeah. And then some of the Louise Valdez and Daniel and Taylor Hackford and some of those people were there. And um, the kids were running around all over this place, you know, during the movie, since it was just family. And um, we don't have to tell you about how difficult the end was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really hard. Mama just sat there very stoic, yeah. very stoic. And um, she was sitting, Irma and I had sat her between us. And I looked at Mama and I, and I reached for her hand. I go, Mom, it's okay to cry. It's yeah, okay, Mom. Absolutely. We all feel the same way. And Irma started bawling, and I had been holding it. And, you know, we were just all sobbing. And um, Taylor Hackford said, we're so, this is supposed to be a celebration, ladies. We got champagne. <laughs> you know, so they popped the champagne. And about uh, 20 minutes later, they opened up the theater uh, to um, the family. About, there was about 200 people there that day. Wow. Um, for the second for the second screening. Wow. Well, you know, Bob's family was almost 200 people. <laughs> Is that right? That's funny. <laughs> By the time you count the kids and grandkids, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but, um, yeah, you know, but those are just such special times, you know, so many memories, being on the set. Yeah. Um, you know, that first screening, um, Bob, Irma, and I going to the Seattle Film Festival where it was screened, um, just, you know, being in New York City for his induction, just, you know, living, living, living it for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Living it for him. And he, he was there every single time. Yeah, you could feel his spirit. He was there every, yeah, Absolutely, and that's why the people love the surf so much. I don't got to tell you about that place. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's a it's a very special place, and I love it for many reasons. For many reasons, met lots of wonderful people there, people who have become like family to me here in the Midwest. And um, at first, they used to stop and talk to me. Now, um, they just kind of look at me and acknowledge me, and I just kind of give them a little wave if I'm in Walmart or Ace or <laughs> <laughs> walking around town. Somebody that I didn't know very well came up and said, man, you're a legend here. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at him like, what are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, man, everybody knows who you are. You're a legend. <laughs> and I look at him, I go, no, my brother was a legend. I'm just his sister. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you've done a great, great job of, well, all of you, all of you, Irma and um, Mario, and um, Ernie, of course, Bob, you guys have all done a great yeah. job of um, keeping Richie's legacy alive. Um, RichieValens.com, I encourage my listeners to go there and uh, find out more uh, about Richie's legacy and um, all kinds of great stuff there. Um, his music you can purchase and uh, uh, books about him and um, 
just find out what's going on the latest because uh, there's always you know you said earlier like what what could possibly be next but it seems like there's always some other special thing that happens um, regarding his legacy whether it's being you know a, a post office named after him or stamps or whatever there's just uh, it, the legacy continues and it's uh, I'm just, just thrilled about that yeah, you know, and um, we work with C3, as as you do, and they just do a phenomenal job. Yeah, I was so happy to get you guys uh, hooked up with them because um, I really felt, um, you know. Well, you're one of the reasons we did get hooked up with them, because I knew when you told me that, I knew you would not be involved with anybody unless you knew who they truly were and Everything you said was absolutely spot on. I just adore all of them. In fact, yeah. I've been to the offices there yeah, and met them. It's a cool place. Yeah, they're all just great people. C3, for uh, listeners that don't know, uh, is actually was actually started by the uh, Three Stooges uh, heirs. And uh, it was actually a company started a long time ago. So they... Comedy 3. Yeah, they represent a lot of uh, legends and... Um, just a great, great group of people over there. And um, did they get you connected with this uh, Rocket Fizz soda company that has their own? Uh, they did. Rocket Fizz and um, Suavecito and. That's so great. Um, the, 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 the hair pomade and um, Richie has uh, uh, slot machines and. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, they're always coming up with something cool, so something cool. really cool. That's very cool. Is there anything, Connie, I haven't touched on that uh, you would like to mention? Or Well, yeah, there is, actually. You know, John, um, you, we used to hear, you know, different people do Richie and, and try to do tribute shows. Yeah. But it wasn't until we saw the winter dance party and the phenomenal, not only your role as Buddy, because that is just, wow. I mean, it's like watching Buddy. Oh, you are thanks. just phenomenal with, I mean, your appearance, <laughs> how you get into it with the songs and the dancing. And then, you know, you got Ray Anthony as Richie. And then for a while we had JP, you know, yeah. the bopper's son. How much better does it get? And then the <laughs> musicians you have. Yeah. I mean, really it, it, it doesn't get any better. Thanks. And um, Irma's daughter has seen concerts, I think, including the Rolling Stones all over the the place country and she said that was the best show she'd ever seen wow and and she's a she's a what are, what are they gen xers yeah She'll right be 40 or just turned 40 yeah and she's a gen xer that's okay so cool. and she graduated from san diego state wow and so and for her to say that i looked at her like you know you're right about that gloria you're absolutely right she she was in tears wow the first time she saw you guys that's awesome and yeah you're... i know for somebody of that generation to make that kind of statement is huge. It's very huge. But you see, I already knew all that <laughs> <laughs> because I too had seen a lot. I've seen a lot of people and you guys are just really hard to beat. And I just want to thank you and all the other bands out there oh, that yeah. just pour their heart into this era, into the music to keep it vibrant, to keep it alive in the fans that go to your sold out shows. Yeah, they're great. They're the best anywhere. And, um, you know, Connie, the, the secret is Richie's music and Buddy's music and the Big Bopper's music. Uh, if you have any respect for it and you're playing it and singing it, you can't help but, uh, you know, put it out there in an energetic way. And, um, 
in a, hopefully a, an honest way. And, um, it's, it's the music that they created that, um, keeps us going really. I mean, uh, I get asked a lot of times, aren't you guys tired of singing the same songs all the time? And I, I say no, because I see the joy it brings on people's faces when we're doing it, even though sometimes we have fans that have seen our show 12, 16 times or whatever, and mm -hmm. um, they get into it every time, and um, so do we. <laughs> just uh, Yeah, well, I remember you were just about to have some knee surgery. Yeah, I remember that. And you that. said you didn't know how you were going to get through the show, and nobody would have known yeah. I wouldn't have known unless you told me. Oh, wow. That's good. I, I faked it pretty good then. <laughs> yeah, you did. And I think you were in pain later, too. <laughs> I was. I was. Very bad. I probably shouldn't have done that show, but uh, <laughs> no, that was that was cool. But, you know, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's the musicians out there that keep this generation of music yeah. viable, alive, exciting. It's so great that you go out and hear uh, and support live music. Um, that's really great, Connie. Oh no! I'm, in fact, I'm here. I try to stay active. I'm um, on the performing arts committee at the Pearson Lakes Arts Center. We have live theater, um, Okaboji Summer Theater here. And actually, the season was canceled the first time in God knows how long. Right. They just canceled the Iowa State Fair. The only other time that happened was around. I think it was like the first, the Second World War. Wow. Um, yeah, but John. You no, know, I was just going to say it's always so much fun. I, I feel like I just talked to you the other day, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I we hope just uh, have a, a bond and, and a connection that I, I, I just can't even put into words. Oh, thanks, Connie. I, I, I respect, uh, you know, what's been, I've, I haven't mentioned this yet either, but the Valens family, and this is very, very important to me. The Valens family, um, you guys have always been so supportive of what we do. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if we could have done it without you guys. Cause, um, you've really always been there for us. You always helped promote wherever we were going to be at. And, and sometimes, which I, I think you guys are go way beyond the call of duty. I know Randy and Irma would show up at our Vegas shows I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, you guys just saw us, you know, like four months ago. You, you sure you want to see us again? <laughs> and they're like, no, we enjoy it every time. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah. that's really cool. I, I, um, it's, and they bring, um, granddaughters, uh, what's their names? Yeah, Savannah and Aria. Yeah. That's so cute to see them. And, uh, they're getting into the whole new, you know, a whole new generation of Richie's, uh, music, which is great. So, um, but anyway, yeah. thank you for, um, for all your support all these years. It's, it's meant a lot to me and I know Ray and, uh, and, uh, Big Bopper Jr. and, uh, Jay and, uh, of course our current crew as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Linwood. Yeah. He's Cause great. it's so different. It's yeah, so yeah. different. Linwood. He's, he's great. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's great. He's a great guy. But, uh, but on a more, um, more, um, another note, um, I also, um, am, I'm very thankful for an opportunity that I have here every year to go up to Forest Ridge. It's a facility for at-risk youth. Okay. And it's 90% uh, girls, and sometimes they hold, you know, children and, and, and male. But um, they're about 12 to about 18 years old, and um, the system has failed with them, um, whether it's foster care, their parents turning them in, juvenile 
homelessness. And um, I've, I go out there, this, I, this would have been my fifth year, but because of COVID, I, I didn't get to do my talk. But, uh, you know, maybe I can do it this fall. I mean, it's not, you know, it doesn't matter. It's just usually in the spring. Yeah. And I get to go talk about my brother oh, that's and great. how he was my father figure and how it doesn't matter where you're born or what people say about you or if you're heavy or tall or short or black or white or Hispanic or, you know, Asian, none of that matters. Yeah. That, that, you know, we have to love ourselves and we have to believe in ourselves. And I talk about growing up with Richie and I talk about how Richie believed in him, but mostly he wanted to change his, his family's life. He wanted to get him out of that, that cycle of poverty because poverty is, 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 a, is, a, is where you are. Being poor is temporary. Yeah. Poverty is permanent. It's just a cycle. And nobody has to do that with every opportunity that's out there. Grants for school, grants for training. I mean, who cares if you don't want to be a doctor? You can be a hairdresser. You can be a barber. You can, you know, be a plumber. I mean, hey, those guys make bank. They make good money. You know, yeah. <laughs> have you ever hired an electrician? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, really? And, and that's what I go talk to these girls about. You know, you have to love yourself. You have to believe in yourself. You have to look in the mirror and say, hey, I can do this. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. You know, don't tell people, don't let people tell you who you are. Yeah. You know, people try to tell Richie who he was. Well, he wasn't tall enough or he was from the wrong side of the tracks or, you know, maybe he didn't live in the fanciest house. But he didn't let any of that stop him. Yeah, it's amazing. And and that's the message I give them. And um, little did I know that it was a no-touch facility the first time I went. I had about 40 girls lined up wanting to give me a hug. Oh, that's so moving. That's really great, Connie. Yeah, and the principal, Mr. Connolly Sean, Mary Kay looked at him, and I didn't know what was going on. He just nodded. He said, it's okay. And they let the girls hug me. And some of them, one of them even told me, you remind me of my mom. Oh, wow. And Mary Ann, Mary Kay and I are the same age. And she goes, she said, you reminded her of her mom. She goes, and she always calls me grandma. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, now, now. <laughs> but, you know, um, to be able to um, reach these young women at this precipice in yeah. their life and you know, they send me all these thank you cards and we love Richie and we love you and thank you. And, you know, it's, it's really just nice, such Connie. a blessing. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, that's kind of how I spend some of my, some of my time here. And sure. um, I've spoken at schools and I arranged a, um, you, you've met Ryan Sheeler. He's right here from Ames. He's a professor at Iowa State and he wrote a book called Richie balance and his guitars and music it's great so book, yeah. iowa rock and roll has a beautiful new facility museum there in arnold's park and we did a book signing there last fall that went very well great and we had we had some live music and of course in the back of the museum and it was just a wonderful afternoon that's nice that's really nice i i, I really uh it's really great you've uh incorporated yourself into the Iowa community like that and uh, found yet another way to uh, 
to have people's lives touched by Richie through this um, this facility. That's really great. Yeah, and right now, actually, there is a Richie Valens exhibit going on at the museum. Oh, great. I loaned them a lot of my personal, you know, memorabilia, and they filled two cases wow. with my things. And so if you're in the area and listening to this, it's in Arnold's Park, and it's the Iowa Rock and Roll um, Museum. And um, Arnold's Park is even better than Mayberry. we have a roller coaster uh, all these cool games ferris wheel it's right on beautiful west lake okaboji you got to visit the nutty bar stand see the new roof garden it it is a sight to behold nice the beauty mixed in with the music and the lights at night we got a beautiful um, promenade now arnold's park promenade all lit up different colors during the seasons you know it's kind of um, a little magic place to live and i feel very blessed to live here that's great that's really cool very cool well connie i i love you to death and i i thank you so much for um for coming on today i, I really appreciate it and um i look I look forward to seeing you next time uh, and and the family, and um, I hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, eres como un hermano para mí. And I just told you, you are a brother to me, and I just need you to know that. I love you very much. You really are. Love you too, Connie. I appreciate it. And um, what a moving story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And um, I hope hope listeners here... uh, are moved as well. I'm sure they will be. Thank you so much, Connie. Well, hey, it's my pleasure as always, John. God bless and love you. Okay. You take care. You too. Stay healthy. Yeah, I will. Bye-bye. I love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. There she goes. Connie Valens, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed that. Please go to RichieValens.com to uh, find out the latest on what's happening for his legacy and uh, see all the exciting things there. If you'd like to see where our next shows are going to be at, Winter Dance Party, please go to winterdanceparty.com. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to shamefully plug my next original album coming out. You can find out more about that at johnmuellermusic.com. Well, ladies and gents, I hope you stay safe out there. Please be very, very careful and safe and take good, good care. We'll see you on down the line. See you on down the line.